Hi everyone, welcome to our podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest, Howard Dell. He's a sport professor and international recognized by the high performance sports training. He is a former Olympian. He's a professional football and basketball player. He was seven times gold medal in athletics. And he's a very professional strength and conditioning and personal trainer coach. Hi, Howard. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, listen, it's great to be here. You know, it's great to get on. And I love talking shop, so I'm, I'm happy to be here. Very good. Place. It was an honor for us to, uh, to you to accept our invitation. Uh, I'm uh, looking at your CV. It's really amazing. Can you tell us more about yourself? Yeah. Um, yeah, I came from a small town in Canada. And, uh, you know, when I was uh, when I was a youngster, I had five goals. And uh, I wanted to uh, go to the Olympics. I wanted to play a professional sport. I wanted to, uh, you know, win an Oscar, win a Grammy. And uh, yeah, you know, those, those are sort of my goals. Can you tell us more about your sports uh, career? Because I've seen, you know, you're participating to uh, Olympics. I think it was winter and uh, summer, both uh, Olympics. And you're probably almost a lot of sports and in all the sports you are one of the best yeah it was it was it was fun um i'd never anticipated being an olympic bobsledder or a uh, a world championship bronze medalist a team bronze medalist in, in bobsled but um yeah i mean i played all the sports in high school and then uh i went off to college i unfortunately had uh, so a lot of knee trouble so uh i didn't have really have much of a college career and then uh, after oh, four or five knee operations, um, I got a little late start in my sports career. But then uh, I went to athletics. I was a decathlete for Canada. Oh. And uh, from athletics, from decathlon, I went to uh, pro football and uh, did that for a couple of years. That was fun. And then uh, I, I made my, uh, I made my uh, run to, uh, to Hollywood to do some film and television. But while I was doing that, got the opportunity to uh, put together a summer pro league team in Los Angeles. And so we played basketball uh, for one, two, three, three years doing that. And uh, all the time, all this is going on, you know, you're, you're constantly learning and studying. And uh, while I was doing that, um, I started uh, my own professional sports training business in Los Angeles called Success Sports. And that's sort of where it began in, tra in training professionals, and, uh, you know, so you just uh, so you are like a high performance trainer, yeah? Or you do uh, have you tried to be athletics coach or other sports, or you just were you were in the like a high? Yeah, no, I mean, so I'm I, I am an athletics coach. Athletics is my forte. Um, well, you know, I, I hate to pick one because I think they're all my forte, but the athletics is sort of. And um, yeah, I've been I've been doing high performance uh, sports, whether you know training guys in, in the NBA or training guys in professional football or or in athletics. So uh, having done all those sports, it's uh, it's a little easier to understand the concept of what is needed. Um, and when you apply the academic, um, you know, sort of the academic information to that, then you can come up with a strategic plan. So this is uh, this is what I did for you know all my clients and all all the sports you have. Yeah, interesting. So I've seen you have uh, uh, the coaching in many sports. Uh, let's see, in your, it's like five sports. You're coaching the high uh, level top athletes in the world, and you're coaching in many countries. 
Uh, can you tell which kind of sport you are more, you know, in strengthening condition, you work more with them, any which level? I worked, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> I guess over the course of time, it's pretty even in terms of professional basketball players, tennis players, athletics, and football players. So over the course of time, I sort of had sections of time where four or five years in the sport, four or five years in this sport, four or five years in the next sport. So uh, the only one I haven't done four or five years in is uh, with golf. And uh, I had a buddy of mine who played on the, uh, the Asian tour um, that I used to train. Uh, a good friend of mine named David Dukeman. But uh, I spent, yeah, I've averaged out, you know, a lot of years in all the different sports, and this, which is why I love them. Yes, uh, yeah, that's amazing. That's, you know, this is, you have experience, you were, you know, you was in the top in two sport uh, in the world and participating in two Olympics. Besides, uh, uh, you have coach or you are coaching still now the top athletes in the world. Uh, which one is hard? Being a, a top athlete or top coach? Which, what is the difference? Well, the difference is um, being a top athlete takes a lot of discipline and sacrifice. Um, and of course, uh, you know, you, you, you got to have a lot of knowledge yourself and you have to have um, a coach who has a lot of knowledge. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to participate in the top 5%, um, being a coach on the other hand, um, is difficult as well, but it's, it's like having a child. You can't, uh, some people have it. Some people don't, you can't, you can't make people be disciplined. And no matter, no matter how good you are as a coach, no matter how good you are as a psychologist, if somebody does not want to rise up, you can't make them. Um, but the opposite is not, is true. If somebody, you know, it's easy for people to bring you down in terms of your, your mental attitude and stuff. So yeah, I'd say the, I'd say it's harder, harder being a coach because you have these expectations having been an athlete yourself and knowing what it takes. There's some things you don't understand when it takes discipline or sacrifice. You don't understand how somebody can't do it. If, if this is what they want, then they should be able to find the discipline, you know, be able to make the sacrifice. If they can't do that, then to me, clearly they don't want it badly enough. Yeah, that's, I think that as you say, self-discipline is very uh, important skills, you know, whatever he has a uh, athlete or as a coach, we need to uh, be self-discipline. And I mean, this, the things that, and I mean, that probably the, the most important skill uh, uh, the athletes and the coach need to learn. Uh, so. A lot of people, a lot of young generation, you know, uh, they want to be a coach. They want to enter to this coaching area. Uh, you think how they need to start, which I mean, as athletes first, let's talk about the athletes. If they are athletes, they want to from athlete as an uh, athlete, they want to switch to coaching, how they need to start. Well, again, that's a tough one. The good news is they were an athlete at one time. So that helps them a lot. Um, so the next step would be, I think, would be, a, you know, trying to get an accreditation as a fitness, you know, as a fitness coach, per se, um, and, and train civilians and see 
see how it is to, to test their interpersonal skills and their own discipline in training somebody who's not involved in sport. And if they can survive that, then upgrade their certification to, uh, you know, well, yeah, upgrade the certification and then try to find an athlete or a group of athletes or a situation where they're training athletes um, and, and grow and expand from there. So then they can see more clearly the difference between civilians and real athletes. And then from there, you know, you've got athletes, well, what kind of athletes, high school athletes, college athletes, um, Olympic athletes, professional athletes. I mean, you know, it, the ladder just keeps going higher and higher. And as the ladder goes higher and higher, you need to, you know, you need the academic, you need the educational aspect of things. Plus you need, uh, you know, having experiences. Yeah. So you think uh, a coach needs a degree in uh, sports science or in physical education or getting some uh, certification is enough to be a strength and conditioning coach or any other coaches even, I mean, not just as a personal trainer or. It's very important just in terms of you can have a better understanding of the human condition. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the practical experience is priceless. And so you want to combine that practical experience that you've had as an athlete, practical experience, maybe training your best friend or training another athlete or civilians or personal training. And now you got to combine those. That's giving you a little bit of experience. You combine that with the academic and you just grow. You're always learning. I mean, I'm, I'm always learning, you know, with as much as I know, I'm always like, oh yeah, hey, I didn't, I didn't know that. I have to remember that. Yes. You know. So there is a, I've uh, talked uh, with many coaches or even athletes when they switch uh, to be a coach. So they have many certification. I mean, they are uh, doing practical, but still they, they lack of something. They cannot be, they are not doing very well in coaching. They always, they cannot prepare the athletes for the final day, for the competition day. What do you think? I think what is the, uh, the, what is the last point? What is the last key that this coach may miss? They have, they are good sports background. They are used to be a pro athlete, but still they are not that successful in coaching. Right. Well, and, and you get, a, and you get a lot of that, you know, just because somebody was an athlete doesn't mean they're going to make a, a great coach. Um, it's, you know, some people don't have the interpersonal skills and be a great coach because it's a lot about communication. It's not my way or the highway. What happens with the teachers, they have to realize the people who are not doing well in, in the class, they, they can't comprehend. They don't, they don't understand how you are teaching them. So you have to be able to switch. Everybody learns differently. So you have to have the capacity to go to a plan B. I need to teach them the way they learn. Usually every ad coaches, they have his own philosophy, his own training system. So you are doing, this is your system, whatever is about the uh, power exercise, speed agility, resistance exercise, cardio, or your training, your periodization, anything. So do uh, you think is the, so your idea is to not stick with one training system and you, 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 have, you have to uh, change your training system according to the athletes uh, or uh, clients uh, uh, ability yes yes absolutely you, you you can't get i mean of course you've got tudor with the periodization you've got with, with bonderchuk anatoly bonderchuk he's got 
he sort of refined and readjusted periodization. And you combine that with your own personal knowledge of what worked for you with what, what worked with athletes. But one of the most important things for me is what are the best in the world doing? That's a, that's a very prime example for me. So if the best in the world are doing X and Y, I might want to try X and Y. Yeah, interesting. So uh, th th another thing I want to talk, you know, we come to this uh, periodization training. Uh, so uh, as you have, so you're uh, come from athletics and I also, I was athletics, I was long distance. And I know, so we know both the most of the strength and conditioning and high performance coach came from uh, athletics background and you know it's like we have a legend like Todor Bompa he's the father of periodization he's doing those old style and we everything we got we got especially in athletics we got a lot of knowledge from him and but now recently we also we are getting a lot of new style like you know working so new style of training like functional training you know like uh, paying too much attention for like uh, mobility, stability, instead of those uh, old school training. What's your thought about this, this kind of new uh, training system? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm old school, always will be. And I think, uh, I look at Bondarchuk, for example, and just, and see what he's done with periodization. And I'm, I'm very much on board with his philosophy. He's just taken periodization and made some adjustments to it, more sports-specific and more athlete-specific. And uh, it's it's a great it's a great philosophy and it's a it's a great program. I mean, he's just he's just improved on bon, or, uh, on uh, Tudor, as far as I'm concerned. But I the new stuff the new stuff is like. The new stuff, it doesn't work for me because we didn't have that 40 years ago and athletes are, are still great and we're great then. You know, you, you, look at, you look at world records or you look at uh, performances from 40 years ago, they're not astronomically different with, new, with this new found training system. You know, if, if, a, system, if a system was producing athletes with phenomenal results just constantly, I'd be like, hey, let's look at that. But that's not happening. And uh, so, you know, you just, again, I just take the important things like, you know, like you're talking about, you know, there are the keys that are, in, are mobility, et cetera, et cetera. They're, they're important, but the amount of importance we place on some things is overrated. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So you think this is overrating is those kind of things. Yeah. So if uh, as a young coach, you, uh, you want to recommend some uh, uh, legend, some coach legend or some sports scientist, some books, what is recommended? You think which kind of names the young coaches they need to look for to, you know, to be like uh, their teacher and learn from them? Um, you know, they got to they got to read. Uh, I mean, sort of. That's a tough one. But I would start. I would start at the beginning. The man who invented periodization, and, and go from there because everybody made their adjustments. The East Germans, the Russians, um, 
etc., etc. They all made adjustments from this foundational system. You know, it's the it's the bedrock. Periodization is the bedrock, and experiment with it and and create your own if it's successful. I mean, it's it's always a, it's a numbers game. You know, it's a numbers game when you start talking about sets and reps and period of time and you know, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it can get crazy. It's like a mathematical problem that you have to solve. But if you don't have, you know, sort of the academic background for it, combined with the experience of it, then, you know, you're, you're just going to be a practicing coach. And that's not really fair to athletes when you're practicing with them. Yeah, yeah, I see. So, yeah, I think this is the East European, what you say is that, I mean, they are, I mean, there is the name that we needed to look for, especially in periodization, especially about periodization of strength training. Uh, so you as a, you know, so everybody has a, like a training philosophy or training system, but as a, uh, so like when you look at the uh, East European coach, I mean, they, they build those periodization styles. So they, uh, uh, they more talk about the, uh, strength training. So as a young coach, because when I entered the coaching career, especially as a, a strength and conditioning, high performance coach, I don't have anything. I mean, so how I build my uh, training, uh, uh, coaching philosophy, training system, is it okay? I copy other coaches as you just come. Okay. I will look at the Howard Dell, what he's doing. I'll do exactly what he's doing. Or I look at the, the other coaches in the world and this I do exactly. Do you think it's a good idea? What's your suggestion? What we, as a young coaches, what do we need to do? I think, I think definitely you have to look at what the best are doing. You have to. They, I mean, they're the, they're the best for a reason. So you have to look at it. But my, uh, my philosophy is you need to take the bits and pieces that you have discovered work for you and work for your clients, your athletes, etc. So you can have a little bit of Bondachuk, you can have a little bit of Bomba, you can have a little bit of this coach, that coach. Um, you know, you look how successful uh, the Russians and Eastern Europeans were in weightlifting. I mean, look at look at Turkey and their and their weightlifters. I mean, why why does Turkey rule in weightlifting? I want to. I'd love to talk to that coach for a few minutes. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, you want to. You, you're always you're always soaking up information. And maybe you, maybe uh, if you if you can become successful, maybe it's because you've taken a little bit from everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember I was uh, uh, listening to Coach uh, Mike Boyle. You know, he's a, a coach from states. He was he was telling say every coach needs to be a thief. So you need to steal from different coaches. So every coach you take important thing. What do you think that's important for you or new for your work for? you or your clients, and then you put it together. And then in the end, you you have a system with a, uh, that come from maybe 20, 10, 20 coaches, and that's your training system. And by time, what you said just now, when you try this training uh, methodology with different athletes, and they realize, okay, this uh, kind of speed training or this kind of periodization or uh, this kind of uh, aerobic or endurance exercise work for me, or this training is good for my uh, athletics, this training is work for my basketball uh, players. Yeah, thank you. So one, another thing I'm, I want to talk about, it was about the uh, sport specific, specific training. So some coaches, they think 
uh, I mean, uh, strength and conditioning is almost the same for uh, all the sports. So they think uh, strength and conditioning for uh, basketball, for volleyball, I don't know, for soccer, for football. I mean, for all that we call it sport and power exercise, they, the same, they think is, uh, is the same. So we don't have a specific strength and conditioning for basketball or specific strength conditioning for football or other sport. What do you think about it? Do you think it is a true? Yeah, I mean, anybody who, you know, again, I'm old school and, I, and I'm blunt. If they, if they think there's no sport specific, they're morons. Because they haven't, they haven't, evidently they haven't played the different sports. Absolutely. Sports specific strength and conditioning exists for a reason. There are some underlying common denominators, you know, just in terms of fitness and strength, etc. So if I come to your basketball team, I have an expectation of a certain level of strength. And you should be able to perform certain exercises. If I come to your athletics team, same rules apply. But once you get past that, now you now you now you're delving into what you need as an athlete in that sport. As as a uh, as a basketball player, you don't need to clean and jerk 180 kilos. As a soccer player, you don't have to. I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of I think a lot of sports specific coaches, if you will, or just coaches in general in strength and conditioning, forget that they're training and preparing athletes. If you're a basketball player, you are a horrible If you're a soccer player, football player, you are one hell of an athlete. If you're a gymnast, you are one hell of an athlete. So you, you, are, you think we have sport-specific training, I mean, strength and conditioning for uh, different sport yes. is different, yeah. So, so you you say that so is the building uh, or the basic is the same, but when you go further, so is uh, they need a different uh, ways, yeah, different training approach, yeah. So how is the balance? So you think it's fifty fifty, so fifty percent is how you give the number. So it means you think it's like uh, some coaches they think is seventy eighteen percent of the training system for all the sports is the same, and maybe twenty thirty percent is the uh, different or between the sport or between the athletes. What, what do you think? Is this the half half or is more? So what's the rate for you? Ooh, that's a that's tough, tough one. one. Because, because I would just, just crawl back, back to, to being sports specific, and, and it depends upon the difficulty of the sport. sport. So, so, so for example, for example look, at tennis, look at tennis. Um, um, very, 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 very complicated game. Yeah. Technique, 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 right? You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't take, you can't take a great athlete, put a tennis racket in their hand, put a tennis racket in their hand, and expect miracles, and expect miracles. Yeah. Just because they're a great athlete. Just because they're a great athlete. But if you can, but you can take a tennis player, but you can take a tennis player, etc. You know all the strokes, etc. And make them a better athlete, and make them a better athlete. Thus, you can make them one of the best in the world. Thus, you can make them one of the best in the world. It all depends on the difficulty of the sport. But I say the, I say the ratio. I would just pull in a sort of a pyramid structure. Right, right. So the bottom of the pyramid underlying. Yeah. 
is, is the foundation, is foundation of your strength, all the things that you should be able to do as an athlete in that sport. And as you, and get, as to you get to the top, top, of, the pyramid, top of the pyramid, you're just getting more sport specific. The higher, the higher, the higher, the higher, the higher up in the pyramid you go, but you have to have a foundation of strength. Yeah. So, 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 yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I agree with you with that. Uh, so, you, uh, which part, which kind of training is your strength? So, what is, what is your philosophy or what is your training system you use? You know, if you, in the very short, you want to explain how is, how is, how you approach to train, uh, Athletes depends on the sport, but I want to see I want to see the foundational exercises. Can they do them? Okay. Once we can do them, I want to see my foundational weightlifting exercises. Can they do them? I want to see my foundational mobility exercises. Can they do them? I want to see my foundational stretching exercises. Can we do them? So you sort of get through those four things. That might take a little bit, and you have to see where the weaknesses are. Now, once you, once you get them on par with each other, they can do them. Now we start to click in, and so this is where the formula comes in. So what time of the year are we doing five sets of five at 80%? Or what time, what time of year are we doing three sets of three at 90%? What time of year, like, what exercises are we doing? You know, are we going to stick with the foundational squat, clean bench? Are we going to get a little more sport specific? What time of the year do we do those different exercises? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's where the that's where the coach's formula comes into play. So uh, you think uh, so for you? Uh, if you work with the, we don't talk about the endurance athletes. So about the uh, uh, the athletes who needs more strength, uh, power, speed, and agility. You think what is the most important component? They need to focus as well. If you choose one, what's that? Is the foundation or the, the the foundation of the strength and conditioning or physical preparation for our athletes? Now, are you just, are you just talking about power speed athletes? Okay, so for power speed athletes, if all things are considered equal, technique, etc., the only reason someone is for example, in athletics, the only reason somebody's faster than you is because they're stronger than you. Now, that's if, again, all things considered equal, equal technique, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, of course, that's not always the case because people don't have equal technique, et cetera. So I would say speed. Speed's my, speed is what you need. doesn't matter speed yeah i think that's that's uh, that's interesting what i, I remember i was uh, listening to one of the italian coach uh, he's a long distance coach uh, and he was telling he said every competition is the competition of the speed he said even marathon athletes are doing speed competition because who's the fastest finish the marathon who's the winner so he said always speed is he also he he thought it's the same as you. He thought it's the speed is everything. I mean, if you are fast, you are the winner. I mean, in any uh, uh, any sports. Uh, so how do you need to learn? So do you think uh, so? 
do you think if they need to learn so they need to learn from the athletics coach yeah who, do you know anyone so what what do you think is who is good in the do you know any top coaches in speed or or do you have any philosophy how to improve it by yourself how you, you improve the speed in your athletes because you yeah, I mean from a distance perspective from a distance perspective my favorite coach is Sebastian Coe's dad Peter Coe um um amazing I, I love him because he we, him and I share the same philosophy even though he's a sort of a mid distance coach he is he is very much he's sort of he's very much if you want to run fast in a race you have to run fast in practice and of course with the appropriate amount of rest um and that I mean that's a sort of there you go there you go um you know you'll you're never gonna you're never gonna run a, an olympic uh, quarter semi and final in this in 30 minutes <laughs> right so and i mean that's why quality rest and quality work is very important to me um and then of course you know they're people are going to talk about well what do you how do you build up your speed endurance and the lactic acid and yada 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 okay you know in six seconds the lactic acid i mean your atp's gone I mean, whether you're jogging in six seconds or whether you're sprinting like a madman in six seconds you know it's gone so you know i, I would i would tend to argue with those people so your training is from the high distance you go for low uh, uh, short distance or if you're from short distance you go to the distance you want so what is your target if like we're talking about like you say 10 meters so we'll start with five meters and go to the 10 meters well, or you'll start with 50 meters 100 meters i don't know and then then by your closer to competition you you get close to your distance your target uh, this thing you want. Yeah, what is your like approach? A, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It depends on the technique. It depends on the technique. I'm, I'm, all, about I'm technique. all about technique. You know, good technique. I'm, I'm all about technique. You know, good technique. A different setup than poor technique. A different setup than poor technique. But if I, if we have to race, for example, but if I, if we have to race, for example, if you have to do something, competition is at a fixed You know that you don't have much time. You know that you don't have much time. The correct yeah, technique. Right. So those who those so those who run those who run technically great are going to be doing a different workout. Those who run technically those who run technically poor. Interesting. So, so your again, main uh, target is technique. So you don't rush the always. speed. So you want to be sure first the technique is right. If your technique is right, and then you push more or you go, you yes, know. Yes. But if the technique is not exactly. good, yeah, interesting. So you the think technique it, is not good. Then there's a, there's a ceiling. You can only do yeah. so good with a certain if, you, if your technique is poor. But there is no ceiling. You can the sky is the limit if you have good technique. Yeah. So you think you can? So a lot of coach they think is speed. So it's, I mean speed is genetic. So how you, you think how much we can improve uh, speed by training? Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, that is, uh, again, so if you have, a, so we are, you like to say it's genetic, right? In terms of, you know, fast twitch, slow twitch, etc. We, what you need to do is find out 
well, not even find out. You just have to, uh, you have to find a way to maximize what they have been given. What the creator has given that body, are they using the full benefit of it? So if you've maxed out in terms of what you're capable physically, physiologically of doing, okay, so from there, it's just a matter of strength. But I'd say most people aren't even close to to maximizing their physiological speed ability. So you think there are always space to improve better, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's uh, so how, how you know, so your athletes, they need more strength or they need more speed? How you, or well, for this improving with college, I mean, or, or power, what is the, you see this triangle, I mean, speed, power. Yeah, it's a, it's again, it's like a, it's like a baby formula. You got to put, you've got to put the right ingredients in. Um, and it depends on the event. So the hundred meter guys, obviously it's a power speed event. Um, 200 meters, a little more speed endurance, 400 meters, completely different mindset, <laughs> you know, 800 meters, 1500 meters, etc. You know, it's, uh, the, everything changes, the higher the, the, you know, like the distance mindset is in my opinion, so much stronger than the sprint mindset. So. Right. It's like, uh, you know, the, the distance people have, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's simply proven by the fact that look how fast distance runners go. <laughs> like, I mean, a distance runner, if they're on the track, for example, I mean, they're, they're closing, they're closing at like a 50 second, 51 second quarter or, or, or faster in the 3000 or a 5,000. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's unbelievable. You you see like those athletes with those speed, they can run 3K, 5,000 or even marathon. You see they run under three minutes, 42 kilometers. It's yeah. unbelievable that speed. It, it, it's insane. And do you know what kind of mental, that mental strength and setup it requires to do that? Um, yeah. All hail the distant runner. <laughs> uh, very interesting uh, answer. Uh, so, what are you doing now? Is you, you now? You, uh, are you coaching? Are you what? What you are busy yeah, I'm now? Training out. Yeah, I'm training out. Yeah, I'm training some athletes uh, here in Romania. Um, some youngsters, getting them ready for. Uh, you know, I've got one young man who's. We spent the last eighteen months just on technique, just learning to run correctly. Um, and our, oh, he's a, he's a sprinter, 100, 200. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting, the learning process, but uh, his client, his times are a little faster than when I got there. But what's happening now is uh, every, once in a while, he puts together an amazing technical race. And then the next race is not so good technically, so the time's not as good. So it's, it's interesting watching him go up and down. But the most, the, the happiest part for me is having him realize 
and feel when he runs technically well. He says it's like uh, it's it's like he's not even trying, and he just you know he he just feels this this, this rhythm, this flow, and I'm like that's you know that's that's sport. When you get into your rhythm, you get into your flow. You know, a distance runner gets into a rhythm, right? A basketball player gets into a rhythm. You know, a, a soccer player gets into a rhythm. He's untouchable, you know. And so, you know, I think that's one of the neglected parts of sports and coaching. They to understand that rhythm. You know, to understand, and I guess in North America, we would say being in the zone. And uh, yeah, so I think rhythm is really, really important. Um, but again, that's just a, you know, it's a, it's a learning curve, right? It's just learning how to be more efficient and, and better and technical in your sport. I mean, look at, look at the tech, look at the technical, what's involved in gymnastics, technically. Majority of athletes aren't, aren't able to fathom that kind of technique and what it requires. So, you know, that's why I'm a technical guy. Yeah, that's what I see. It's everything comes for the technique. So you look at the quality when you see your athlete go to competition. You don't want your athlete look ugly. You you want to see the perfect uh, technique. They are doing everything one hundred percent good. Technical, great. technical, great. So uh, the you know a lot of coaches they enter to the uh, coaching. Uh, especially this range and condition, high performance with different backgrounds. Some of them, they never been a real, like a pro athlete. They never play any sports or doing any sport uh, or some, they are just sport, but without any uh, the sports science degree. Do you think uh, how they need to carry it? So they need to try with the, so like uh, something like you, you already, uh, coaching many sports, basketball, football, athletics, I mean, athletics, different events, uh, other sports. Uh, do you think it's better the coach stay with the sport they are good at? So if they are athletics, they just stay with athletics or they are basketball, so they be strange and conditioned in basketball. Do you think it's necessary to stay with their sport or as a young, they need to try more sport? How, how is the approach? How is your suggestion? Yeah, I like the uh, I like the being young and trying different sports. So you so you get an appreciation for for what it takes to participate in each sport. And as you get older, you can uh, you know you can pick one for sure. If that's if that's your love, your passion, you know, my my passion happens to be all of them. So not necessary to stay with one sport for a whole year coaching career. You can do multi-sports, yeah? Yeah, I, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's good, you know, what's going to happen, though, is going to be like when you, when you change sports, and in order to change sports, the people that you deal with that are hiring you or from administrative level, they need to know and trust that you know what you're talking about when you're in this sport. So they say, hey, listen, you just came over from golf. What do you know about athletics? Or, hey, you just came from basketball. What do you know about weightlifting? Or, do you know what I mean? It's like, uh, so you just make, you have to make sure that you have, uh, it'd be great to have an academic background and with some experience. I mean, a, fund a fundamental basic knowledge 
you know, certificate from uh, the International Association would be good. Yeah. So you think, but, uh, uh, except the sport background, sport the practical side, so they need to know practically they by themselves doing, uh, I mean, no, uh, strength, weight training, technique, speed technique, I don't know, other sport technique, any practical things and also sports science, except this practical of sports science, which kind of skills the coach need to improve, except these two sides? I'd say, well, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, it's a tough one because the, the, the skills are, every skill is so important when you're talking about the ultimate success, like communication, um, right? It's, it's huge. And the reason you, communication is huge is because it's, it's not my way is the highway. It is not shut up and do what I say in an individual event or sport, I've got to hear from you. I need to know how you felt, how the legs feel. Um, how's your nutrition going now in a team environment? If you're a strength conditioning coach at the professional level, you need to hear from the sports scientists. Um, cause they, they can bring you data on each individual player or athlete. They know how to test each individual player or athlete. You know, I mean, it's like a team. So they, they bring this information to you and you're like, ah, okay, great. Now I can make some adjustments. And not only can I make adjustments, but I can make the adjustments and bring them back to you. And you can say, okay, we've had a 30 or 40% increase or whatever. Continue. You know, and that's, and that's why, that's why the academic, especially the sports science stuff is so important. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. It's just, this is very important. You have a sports science background, you're practical. And so what you say is the communication skill that you need to communicate with your, uh, you know how to communicate with uh, your athletes, uh, listen the things from their view, talk with your uh, manager. Even sometimes, we, I mean, because we are doing coaches, so we need to learn how to sell ourselves, how to promote our uh, uh, experty or knowledge to others so the people uh, satisfy with what they like and then they can uh, hire us uh, do you have anything else do you wanna would like to share us anything that you think I missed to ask you or you like you think is useful for to share with us coaching is a, is a great career but you have to uh, you know it takes time you know you have to have you have to have all the skills like mom and dad told you about. Don't talk too much. Listen. Learn how to interact with people. And if you can master those skills, you know, you just continue to rise because you're learning. You're open to learning from different people. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're open to sharing. And, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, mom and dad stuff, you know, everything, everything gets better. Of course, mom and dad would say you get an education, you know, I mean, again, anything mom and dad would have taught you will just help you go further. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good transition. Thank you, Howard. Uh, I really, uh, uh, 
enjoy our conversation today. I learned a lot from you and I'm sure all the coaches who are watching this video, they have the same feeling. Uh, appreciate your uh, time. It was an honor, pleasure to us to have you no in problem. our uh, podcast. No problem. Happy to do it. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good day and uh, see you next time.